Welcome to Numb Bills Fan Podcast number 151. It is Friday evening, and it's uh, I'm your host, David Palermo. Follow Numb Bills Fan everywhere. Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. Get on it. Shoot me an email, David NumbillsFan.com. Listen to the past podcast with Rodney Schuler, number 150. Took Rodney to the game because he's a sweet person, and he did the five-star review contest and won a ticket. So I, Rodney came out, check out his experience, number 150. Anyways, um, real quick, Marcel Darius just got traded to the Jaguars for a 2018 six-round pick. And on the line with us, we have two callers for a very, very special podcast because apparently all three of us have no life. But uh, we have Kevin Masseri from Locked on Bills, and then we also have Nick Pop from the infamous Red Pinto Tailgate. So um, I don't know how we're going to do this with out seeing each other but uh nick you want to say hello and then kevin you want to say hello <laughs> what's going on everybody what's up glad to be on here dave with you as always man well guys as always thank you for uh picking up the slack on my end because it seems like it is what it is for me here so um immediate reaction um Kevin, you want to go with your immediate reaction, and then um, when you're you think you're wrapped up, we'll move right on to Nick, and then I'll wrap us up from there and move on to the next tier, which will be yeah, absolutely what chemistry do we lose, etc. So sure, for sure, yeah. So I mean, you look at this trade at face value, and you know you're trading a, a very talented asset for for a sixth round pick, but you you can't really discount the fact of you know what you clear off the cap space of this deal. So you're talking about, you know, something I you know, look at closely is, is salary. I'm in contact with SpotTrack. Uh, we DM all the time. So, uh, you know, something to keep in mind is that you, 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 you essentially save, you know, half of this deal. I mean, you're still sticking the Jaguars with $50 million over the course of their four years here. Um, but you're eating a lot of dead cap space. So, I mean, you're talking about, you know, really only savings of about $5.5 million this year, about 2.5 next year. So you're really only saving about $8 million over two years. Um, but then, you know, then the next couple of years are really, really where you're saving money. However, the one thing to note when you're kind of looking at this deal um, is that, you know, I don't think he was going to make it that far anyway. So, you know, you're really only saving that $8 million if you want my honest opinion. So you got to kind of evaluate it on the perspective of, you know, the bill saved $8 million uh, over the course of two years, uh, they're able to roll over that five and a half million dollars next year. So, you know, regardless of what would have happened, they would have let him go in two years anyways, uh, because there's no dead money at that point. So, you know, you're really only saving that eight, you know, you're getting a six round pick, you know, what production did you really lose? You, you, you lost a guy that, you know, wasn't necessarily the right fit. Um, however, he could really start to pick it up. Although, you know, a guy like Doug Marone traded for him, a guy that he's had rips with. Uh, he's also one drug suspension away from an entire year's suspension. Um, you know, so that's something you got to factor in this whole thing. And one even, I mean, one failed drug test, just one uh, mess with mess with drugs or weed uh, will really set him back an entire year. And then his salary is guaranteed, meaning that he actually gets paid during a suspension, unlike most contracts. So, uh, you know, those are some of my initial reactions. Now, Kevin, um, one thing you didn't do, like you, I appreciate that you kept it pro, but, um, you know, it is 2017. I love you to death. But what was your emotional opinion? Because you have been a very big Bills fan, and, and you were a huge Marcel Darius fan, and we talked about it many times. But, I mean, um, you know, Marcel Darius was the pick that we didn't expect to get. We thought we were getting Von Miller. 
And, sure. um, you know, so, you know, when they were talking J.J. Watt and frankly, I'm like, uh, you know, I'm like, eh, I don't know. Uh, yeah, right. Anyway, so what was your emotional feelings with it? You know, I think I mo- emotionally detached after that. You know, we had some couple of talks and I just when he was unable to get on the field, I think, you know, by week four, week five, and he's playing 33 percent of snaps. Uh, I just at that point, I realized he wasn't going to fit here. And I actually was was prepping for a move of him on this offseason. And so were the Bills. I mean, they almost admitted it tonight that they thought they were going to move on from him this this offseason. Uh, they, they had no idea that Jacksonville would call and say, hey, we'll give you a sixth right now. We'll take away five and a half million dollars against the cap this year. Meaning that if he plays this out and still is only getting 33%, you know, snaps, you're still paying five and a half million dollars additional for that. So, you know, that's money you can roll over into next year. So, you know, my initial emotional reaction, I think, you know, based on this season alone, I had to check out on him. I think he's immensely talented. I think they're getting a really strong player for a sixth round pick. And, uh, you know, he signed for them for another four or five years. So, you know, you're getting you're getting a player really at, at, at somewhat of a somewhat of a discount call up because he's really only going to cost you, you know, fifty million on the cap for four years. Now, Nick, um, what were your feelings overall with the trade? And uh, you know, if you want to go the same roundabout way, you know, bring your emotions into play and be objective about it for us here. Um, so, Nick from Red Pinto Tailgate, Nick Pop. So, you there with us, bud? Yeah, yeah. So I mean, I was I was kind of the same way. It's just you heard everybody saying that he's going to get traded. He's going to get traded. I mean, the the weird thing for me is they trade them on like a Friday night. You know, it wasn't like a Monday Tuesday trade. It's at the end of the week. You already went through the game plan with the team for the week, and then they trade them now. It, it was that was what's kind of strange to me. I mean, that was, that was my first thought, and my second thought is sweet. I don't have to pay this guy the fifty bucks I owe him. I bet him that Florida would be Alabama when I met him in Cincinnati a few years ago. So, Mr. Big Stuff, you're not getting your money now. Peace. <laughs> um, Is that it? I mean, like, how do you, how do you feel, like, cap-wise? I, how do you feel, um, I mean, <laughs> like, like, where do you think the fall-off was for Marcel? Like, when did you lose it with him? Because I've, I've personally been a big supporter, and, you know, I have a lot of empathy for – you know, people, it, it's hard for people to judge going up different ways than when you haven't yeah. experienced it, you know? Yeah, so, I mean, the big thing for him is when, so he was hurt, so he was getting work back. But when I kind of knew that he wasn't, I mean, this is after, when he got sent home, I guess, I mean, shit happens. You miss a flight or something. But when uh, he came back from injury and they're like, how come Marcel Darius isn't playing? He, and uh, coach goes, you know, we're going to have a competition for this position. That's why I knew this guy's days are numbered here. Like you're, you're, you're playing a big time player and you're having a competition for a starting position. And that was kind of the writing on the wall. I mean, I think most people around here check themselves out. Like, yeah, he's not, he's not a scheme fit. He's a, he's an old regime guy. That's what happens. You get new coaches, your favorite players get cut. They have so Fred Jackson I got I don't think he I, I think if he gave a shit he would be a scheme fit. You know what I mean? Because that was what he was touted. You can move, you could do anything with him. And we've seen him do anything in, in multiple yeah. defenses and that's the shitty part. Um are you wrapped up or can I rail now? Like what else no, you got go for, for yeah. us? I'm, okay. I'm, I'm with you, dude. So um right 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 off the bat, dude, like I thought I was a genius move. I'm like, fuck yeah. Good. Move this guy. If the Bills move Marcel Darius, I'm like, all right. 
if they cut him or move Marcel, Marcel, sorry, but I can't back your ass up anymore. And I've backed him up on this podcast a lot because I believe people deserve a fair shake and a second chance. And not for nothing, if you could support the player, you're helping to support, um, you know, the, the Pagula's investment in them. So it's like, you know, I, I wish the best things for, for Marcel Darius and, you know, Steve Johnson even joked about it that his drop ball in Pittsburgh was what got us the golden elephant. I think that's what he called it, something like that. Um, meaning Marcel Darius. So <laughs> I think I misquoted it. But whatever way, that drop led to the pick of Marcel Darius. And, you know, Buddy Nix was gushing over him. And, you know. Um, hey, quick sidebar. Because you sit near me. Did you think Stevie Johnson caught that ball against Pittsburgh? Which one? That one where he dropped it in the end zone, right? I didn't have seasons back then. I was not oh, at that Oh, my game. God. So I was going nuts because everybody jumped up, and I didn't see he dropped it. I was, I was like, we just beat the best team in football. We're an 0-17 or wherever we were. Like, solid 10 minutes passed. Everybody, like, getting upset at him. We're still sobering like we just won. We couldn't see that he dropped it. Yeah, it was like a weird thing, man, because, you know, um, Marcel came on the team the next year, and, and he was the baby, and he was showing so much promise, and we couldn't believe we got him, and I, and and um, that was the year that Cam Newton went number one, right? Yeah, Cam was one, Vaughn was Vaughn was two and Darius was three. Yeah, because I was the only yeah. idiot that thought that Cam Newton could possibly fall to three. Because like, no, they just drafted Clausen last year. They're not going quarterback. And I like just watch one game of Cam Newton, which was just a national championship game, and it's like he just fucking walks through Saban's defense like a monster. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm like, okay, yeah. yeah, Bills, please. And I and I heard from an inside source that the Bills were pretty much foaming at the mouth when Cam Newton came in for a visit. And, you know, a la, a couple years later, you get EJ fucking manual. So, and they like Christian Ponder. So I'm glad we didn't get Christian Ponder. Yeah, um, anybody's better than Christian fucking Ponder. Yeah, so as far as myself, man, it sucks. But, damn, Brandon Bean, genius award. Great job, Brandon Bean. I know you're listening, dude. You got nothing else to do, I'm <laughs> sure. I know you're listening, but anybody who knows Brandon Bean, tell him that uh, probably us three say thank you. And, how many, uh, time how to many move trades on. has he done, though? Like, how many trades does the Bills usually do? This guy comes in, he's wheeling and dealing like it's a Madden video game. You know what? It's that player for player shit, and not for nothing. Yeah. It's like, I don't understand. You know, it's weird. It, it's really like fucking horse racing, okay? But horse racing, I was thinking about this today. Mushroom thoughts, okay? And, and I was like, all right, so... It's like horse racing, but in horse racing, we were, I don't really give a fuck about the jockey. You know what I mean? I'm like, all right, what's this mm-hmm. horse done lately? Okay, that's yeah. what you look at, right? So it's like football, you're actually around the coaching and micromanaging all the bullshit. And it's like you need time for this soup to fucking, you know, do its thing. It's, it's not going to happen overnight. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's just a fucking weird thing. But, Kevin, what are your thoughts on all this, by the way? Sorry to digress into nothing. I mean, we want dealing everywhere, dude. Like, I think you have to. A lot of people are still trying to like Brandon Bean standing up there saying he's not trading a lot of players. 
um, that aren't in his regime. And I, I just don't think you can take that at face value. Although I, I want to trust everything, you know, him and McDermott say, because they're straight up guys, trust the process. You know, they have a lot of you not know, cliche taglines, but you know, you got, you got to look at it like this. There's only like seven remaining players that were drafted by a different regime on the roster. So, um, you know, you, you got to take that for what it's worth, like seven draft picks or a few free agents that are still on the team, like Richie Incognito. But um, I mean, and our, every one of them, Dave, almost has, ha- has been on the trade block in one way or another. Adolphus Washington was rumored for a fifth-round pick earlier in the year. I mean, you have Cordy Glenn that's been rumored here and there, Chantrell Henderson, who's been rumored. Um, so you, you have players um, that the remaining players from from the regime, you know, the past regimes, you know, outside of, you know, you trade for Jerry Hughes and Richie Incognito, but your draft picks there, they're, they're no one that fits the scheme. They traded Ragland, Cardale Jones. You can't forget some of those low-budget trades. So, um yeah, you know, you're, you're looking at a front office that's one that really wants their players. I'll, I'll be honest. Um, one thing I did not like is I did not like trading away equity. And when we lose games, I'm going to be railing that we don't have Sammy Watkins. At the same time, this offense looked promising to me that it ain't going to matter because it looked like the normal bigger play offense that we're used to seeing. I mean, I don't want to really totally get into uh, that yet. But um, as far as like wheeling and dealing, it's like, equity that's why i had a problem getting rid of sammy but i did like the equity you know like we got a starter at, at the cornerback spot who's good enough uh unfortunately hurt a lot but um you know he, he shows a lot of heart as they'd say you know coming up pulling up lame and still getting that that punching that ball off for a fumble a few games ago ej Gaines, you know really good player you know i think he's solid and it's like you know you got your second round pick but it's you know it kind of, I was thinking about this today, it's like, these draft picks are so weird because, you know, rumor has it, and I thought, man, Doug Wavy was an asshole, right? Or not Doug Wavy, Doug Marone, you know? And I've said it the whole time, that Doug Marone's a fucking asshole, and a lot of people don't like Doug Marone. Listen to how people talk about him, like, he's just a miserable fuck. But at the same time, I've never met the man, so it's kind of unfair for me to judge him. I've never met him, because I've met a lot of people who people think are assholes, but they just don't get how they are, and they're just no bullshit. And... And, well, and it's like how many how many players do you hear that hate Murray? I mean, because the guy wins, and well, like, players want to play for him. And like when he went to Syracuse, all the former players like Rob Conrad, were like Syracuse needs to hire this guy to turn the program around. Um, I mean, who who really hates him in Buffalo? The like Matthew Fairburn, like fuck that guy. What I'm Who's saying is like job? like he was rumored when they drafted Sammy Watkins to walk out of the fucking room, like like in the draft room. Like that was like like Doug Maroney, Doug Marone fucking put his hands up and goes, "What the fuck," and left. And, and you want to know something? I thought Doug Marone was a moron when I heard it. Oh no, you got to support Whaley, but man, like this Bills team is like a team. You, you know what I mean? It's like if you're not on board, because what's happened is this year is we've seen different parts of this team fall and another part lifted up. You you know what I mean? And and it's really mm-hmm. nice. And I've been calling it. There's going to be a game. Just it's just odds. Ah, there's going to be a game where the offense needs to bail the defense out, and that happened last. So tier two of this, how much of a loss, you guys, if we want to free ball on it, how much of a loss is it without Marcel and and coming up going into Oakland? I mean, we got. I, I'm hoping Corey Glenn stays here and doesn't get shipped out before the trade deadline because you got Khalil mm. Mack at least. I want to, at least if he tries from that side, which I doubt he'd want to go against Cordy Glenn compared to the right side. But, um, you know, you never know what people are going to try. So, 
Um, how are you guys looking at it defensively without Darius? I mean, Kevin, do you want to lead this off, and then Nick, you can just rebuttal it when he, you feel he pauses? Yeah, sounds good, man. So, I mean, you're looking at on a defensive scheme front, you're really going to uh, fill in Darius's role with a combination, a two gapping combination here. So you're you're going to really use like a Cedric Thornton and Adolphus Washington to take care of that two gapping. And one thing we haven't touched on today is Cedric Thornton. I mean, a, a really big money free agent that came into Dallas last year, signed a pretty big deal for his age, uh, was released after one season, signed by Buffalo the second he was cut. Uh, someone that plays some pretty good football, flies under the radar, uh, made Darius's play expendable. That's why that they were able to split reps 33%, 33%, 33%. So you have Cedric Thornton and Adolphus Washington who are now going to split those two gapping reps 50-50. You have a uh, Kyle Williams who's still going to take that more aggressive style attacking defensive tackle and split some of his reps with Jarrell Worthy. So you have a you know a four you know group of four that. You know, quite frankly, the way Darius is playing currently, you're not going to take a big step back from. I don't uh, think Darius so had his full yeah. potential. Darius had a full potential. Absolutely, those guys are not Darius. Um, so you know, so so you have a mix there of guys that are heavy rotation, 33% of Darius snaps plus you know the way he's playing right now, which is average. Um, you know, you're not going to really see too too much of a difference there. Um, and we'll see if Doug Marone's able to get anything out of him down there in Jacksonville. But you know, that's kind of what you're going to see on a defensive tackle front. But nothing else across the defense is going to change. You know, defensive ends are going to do what they do. You know, your linebackers are you know still going to play the same scheme. And you know, cornerback, you're a little beat up with gains out, but you know, hopefully Sharif Wright steps in. Um, but, you know, you're in better shape than they are defensively, period. I think that was a great point, Cedric Thornton, because he, I mean, he's a, I mean, he played for the Eagles, got that big deal, uh, but he played for McDermott under the Eagles, so he's a, he's a McDermott guy. And, I mean, when he was active over at Adolphus Washington, like, you could see that McDermott's getting his guys in there and starting to play them more. And that's where he was going to step up. Um, and the thing with, I mean, with, with Darius, it's kind of like the Sammy Watkins argument of last year. Well, what are we going to do without Sammy Watkins this year? It's like, what do we do last year? We just played without him. He missed most of the season last year with that foot injury. Right. It's, it's the same thing. You're, you're really just making up for he has one game of 54% of defensive plays. Most of the time it's 33%. That That's a role player position you have to pick up. You can pick up a guy off the scrap heap for 33% of the defensive plays. Yeah, I think you. I think we get it. I'm very guilty of it. We get attached to these players, and it's like, you know, when people were ripping on Sammy Watkins for walking around Disney World after his foot surgery, and I'm like, man, lay off him, dude. But then I thought about it, and it's like, no, nah, I'm in shape, and I should be like not walking around. That would tire me out. And this dude just had foot surgery, and I come to find out, oh, his fucking screws loosened up. Oh, I wonder why. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, geez, that shows you the fucking care, and you think because. You think that, like, we, we, because we love sports and we use it to get our mind off, but keep in mind, uh, why don't you people out there in the real world try thinking about your job after your job hours? Do do yourself a favor. Get real here. So, you know, these kids are still kids, okay? And they're big-time fucking investments. And it's really hard to sometimes rein the thing in. But, man, if you could clear this cap space... And not schematic, not at least a little bit, and clear clear more of the cancer. Which who knows, man? Maybe he maybe he picked up some bad habits, Marcel Darius, from being around the former hundred million dollar man, Mario Williams. When you hear Donald Jones talk about Mario Williams, damn, dude, you want to punch him in the face. 
You know, like he's yeah. that that rich prick, entitled prick. You know, like, and who knows? Maybe he just knows. Yeah, who gives a fuck? But like, when you got a coach that watches your damn practice tape, I'm sure he had his little notepad out in there. Hey, let's get let's get this guy. Let's see what he does. And they played Marcel. They gave him every opportunity to show what he could do. So, yeah. I mean, Kevin, how did he look on film? Did he look lazy, Marcel, or did he? Um, yeah, he, he was starting to get his groove back. I mean, I don't think he looked lazy. I don't think he looked like his normal disruptive self. I, I just don't think that the Bills wanted to. I mean, it comes down to money. I mean, Bean's a bean counter. He's, he's a money guy. He comes up from, you know, you know, a day where you know you're counting money and and you know that's was something that was in his forte you know he hired another money guy in shane um and then he has gain as well from miami so i mean you have two real you know pro scouts that you know really focus on is this player worth it for their money um and i think that you're looking at a two gapping technique guy that you can you know develop a guy like cedric thornton on just that minimum that's basically uh going to be at least close to as good as Darius is playing right now. So, I mean, on tape, he looked like he was getting a step back a little bit, um, but, you know, he's two-gapping. So, I mean, you, you have him basically getting eaten by two offensive linemen um, and freeing up whether it's another defensive lineman or whether it's your linebacking core, as you've seen so far in this attacking 4-3 zone defense. You'll see, um, you know, the linebackers kind of be a little bit more free, Preston Brown, Ramon Humber kind of eating up tackles. So, I mean, what's really interesting is as a two-gapper, you know, in a 4-3 especially, that has no value. A little bit more value in a 3-4 where you're only having three down linemen um, in respect to the two-gap. But in a 4-3 two-gap, I mean, Real, realistically, if that's your role, um, playing a little bit of that, that shaded nose, um, yeah, I mean, it's not the most valuable position on the field like it you know, was under a different 3-4 scheme or like it could have been under a different, more, a little bit more of a manned aggressive scheme. So um, I, I don't think you really saw too much of a drop-off from going from him to Thornton. Uh, I don't love Adolphus Washington, but, um, you know, you, you still got some potential with pass rushing there, and, you know, Thornton kind of brings a little bit of ball pass and rush uh, for you, so... You get a little bit of both worlds, and the 33% of snaps kind of ramped up to 40 or 50% for one week last week. Um, I don't really think you're going to lose too much there. I mean, especially if you're going to say five and a half million, that basically pays for make a height salary. Um, so you know you can just roll over that five and a half next year, and you know now you're sitting at about 40 million dollars next year um, to make a move and get your real uh, you know two gapping guy, maybe like a Starla Tulale, uh, who's played underneath uh, McDermott for many years. Okay, um, so another topic for you guys, real quick. And uh, just real quick, if you wanted to touch on um, Anquan Bolden wanting to come out of retirement, and <laughs> did you guys catch the letter that Eric Turner hovered out there from the Buffalo Bills that winged away around the internet? The one that uh, Schefter posted out. Was that what Schefter, off, was that Schefter who posted yeah. it? Yeah. First off, fuck Anquan Bolden. I'll throw that out there. What that guy's a bitch. Oh my god, they traded Sammy Wilkins. Now I want to retire. Mm, I think fuck him. Quit on a team. You're a bitch. Somebody wants that. I don't give a shit that he played with his jaw wired. That is a bitch move. You quit on your fucking family. That like the former player in me just got it gets super enraged at that fucking guy. I was I like, be- I was kind of like back. I'm like, no, humanitarian services. But like, when you want to say you want to fucking play again, and it's like Brandon Bean, and then they're like, nah, fuck you. You walked away. Like, our locker room ain't going to, how are we going to look at one of our developmental guys and be like, sorry, man, you just got to understand, you know, Jafiel. It's like, maybe if some people go down and Anquan Bolden wants to come to his fucking senses, he can come play for the Bills. But I don't think anybody should allow him back in the locker room. I don't think the team would. 
I really don't. And it's like, you want to play hardball? Okay. You want to fucking jam us? You know what I mean? Like, he, you're telling me he could have been used this year? Come on, Zay Jones had seven targets the other fucking day. You know what I mean? Oh. Seven. The whole reason Anquan Bowles is a great idea is he's durable, right? Yeah. Seven targets, two catches. Okay, and, and Deontay Thompson comes in off the fucking being cut. You yeah, know? he signed out of Wegmans to come get 100 yards for us. He signed off the Bears, actually. Yeah. But, but um, <laughs> I mean, Kevin, any thoughts to that stuff uh, with the letter here? I thought it was very yeah, well I mean, phrased. You know what? I'm, I, it's funny because I just bold and debate, and they come in everywhere. And this is one that I, like, stick slap, like, right in the middle. Um, like, first of all, you know, you're, you're setting a big precedent. There's a lot of things going on in the, in the country at the time of him stepping away. Um, so, you know, you, you get where he's coming from at the time period. It is ironic timing with uh, the Sammy Watkins trade and the dark trade to feel like your team's tanking um, to then, then to feel like you're going to step away. It was right in the middle of that, that rally that did get him uh, fired up. So I can totally understand his ability to want to go do bigger things in that twilight of his career. The bigger note here, Dave, I don't think he looked very good in preseason. Um, he looked slow. There's one target he received in preseason. He wasn't even close on the same page with Tyrod Taylor. Um, he didn't break on the route. I, I, don't, I, I didn't think it might turn into an interception, if I'm not mistaken. So um, I don't really think he had the playing speed, and I think that kind of played into it. And instead of saying, hey, you know, I might not have it right now, um, you know, you kind of use some human, humanitarian things. I don't think any of that's been solved in the last two months for him to say, I want to come back and play football. Um, there's still a lot of things going on in this country that, you know, definitely need to be uh, brought to the forefront. And, you know, he, you know, sat out for two weeks or excuse me, two months. Um, rumors that he wants to play for New England. Bean knows that. Um, although he wants to stay close to Florida. Yeah, right. He'd go play somewhere like New England in a heartbeat. Uh, Bean's not going to let him go. And basically said, hey, he, he basically said tonight on his call with the media, um, you know, we're not going to we're not going to let you go so you can go. Uh, go go sign wherever you want. We'll, we'll trade you to one of those Florida teams, sure. Uh, you, we're going to get a draft pick, though, or, or you're not going to be playing football. So he did say, though, don't rule out, never say never with him playing, um, especially on a short week here. You never really know if he can come in and, you know, give, really? give a couple snaps to a beat-up receiving core. Hmm, yeah, he said I... never say never, so it wasn't quite. Yeah, uh, they said they didn't discuss it. It wasn't a possibility, but. If like Anquan brought it to them, they would then kind of cross that bridge when when that happens, um, which is fine. Like, hey, come prove that you haven't been sitting on your couch eating Cheetos, uh, and if you're still in shape, maybe we'll give you a shot. I, I think that's great. I think they kind of, uh, Kevin. I know you're like kind of professional. I'm kind of a dick though. They basically pulled their dick out on the table and said, Anquan, ours is bigger than yours. A ball is still in our court. If we want to trade you, then maybe you have a chance to play. Yeah. Which is, Awesome. Well, maybe it's yeah, also I mean, I, I a call out to them. Hard stance on it. They they definitely yeah. did. They definitely played a card. I was hoping they would play with. You know, we're not just going to let you go to any any team you want. We're going to control your future. So, um, you know, that team better give us some compensation. Which I don't know how a team could give anything up for him at this point. So, you know, if you want to play football this season, you're going to have to play the Bills, and you're going to have to prove that you were out doing what you said you were doing, and then on top of it, you're still in game shape. So. Um, you know, we'll see what happens. If a team pops up and gives us a seventh, I'd, I'd be hard-pressed to say we wouldn't even take that kind of draft pick for him at this point, you know, a guy that's not even playing. So, um, you know, we'll see what happens in the next couple of days. I wouldn't envision anything. I think more likely is that he shows up and we, we think he's in shape. I think that's more likely than anything. So, um, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll see what happens over the next couple of days on that front, Dave. And, you know, when it comes to Deontay Thompson, I know that got brought up. Uh, one of my favorite uh, players 
in the off season returned a 90 or excuse me, 109 yard kick return on a missed field goal, um, which was just fascinating. Guy's got a lot of speed. He's got a lot of heart. He's played here, looked good, kind of like Rod Streeter to where he had a great preseason and got hurt, cut immediately signed by Chicago, cut for no reason two years later, which was a couple of weeks ago. Um, basically they wanted to try their version of Brandon Riley and, and Tanner Gentry. Um, they wanted to give him a shot and they cut Thompson for, and it's a dumb move. That's why you can't, you can't always just make a call up Brandon Riley and cut a valuable player on your roster. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you gotta be careful with that kind of stuff. Deontay Thompson's now over here, um, catching hundred yards on four, four catches on 12 uh, snaps. One of the most efficient games in, in NFL history, actually, according to pro football focus. And not for nothing. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm glad you touched on that. Uh, Nick, did you have something? I was going to say, right. I mean, they let go of Kalen Clay, who's their guy. I mean, he's not performing that great. That's the guy that they wanted. He picked up by Carolina immediately. Boom. Just, uh, that's why it's tough. Everybody wants the, the, the scrappy white kid to come up. But I mean, who, who are they going to cut for him? I'm waiting for him to cut that Conor McDermott kid because they only need a fifth tackle for somebody. But we'll see yeah, about that. Yeah, it's risky. There's someone like he's a former six-round pick. McDermott will be immediately scooped up. guy like Clay yeah. got just straight up beat out by Thompson in four days. So, you know, they realized that that's kind of the role they were looking for from Clay, traded for him. Um, and I mean, to, from a man corner in, in, in Kevon Seymour, you know, that's what they traded away for him. Um, you know, you're, you're looking at it and they're like, you know what, we're going to save this roster spot. We need a cornerback, uh, giving a shot to a very talented, actually Lafayette Bibbs, a guy that they claim from a very talented Jacksonville defense. Um, so, you know, I'm, I'm looking forward to him playing this week, actually. Um, if, if Gaines is in fact out, like he's listed, um, like I'm expecting, you know, you're going to get a, you're going to get a lot of, a little bit of playing time, at least from Bibbs. So, you know, look out for him. If anyone gets tweaked up, you're going to get a full game of Bibbs. So, uh, that is, you know, the waiver wire is very important. Those last couple of rosters, you got to be careful with cutting guys every, you know, for practice squad guys. I mean, we almost lost Trey Elston earlier, a safety who I think is a pretty decent backup safety, uh, went into Philadelphia, a situation that was pretty good for him, and unfortunately got caught up in a numbers game there. Um, and the Bills signed him immediately right back when they knew that they kind of made a mistake messing with their roster a little bit. Well, Kevin, as far as uh, the rebuttal and everything you said, um, you know, Anquan Bolden, I would like it if he could step in and play it. The locker room accepts him. Come do it. But, I mean, man, that's a hard sell. Yeah. And, and I think it yeah. really was a push for Brandon being like, dude, what are you doing here? Like, we're yeah. desperate here. We're rumored to – I saw something I want to ask you, Kevin, or, or Nick, if there's any validity to it. Um was are, are the Bills rumored to be in it for Terrell Pryor from the Redskins or no? Is that was it real? Uh, who knows? I, oh, no, I saw it, some erroneous thing on Twitter. I, I don't know. I I would say I that saw, it's not I saw real. Yeah, I would say that that you're picking up about two million dollars, which isn't egregious. Um, you're potentially bringing in a guy who, you know, could fit. Didn't really get there in in, in Washington. I. You know what? On a real low budget trade, I mean, whatever. But I, I, I don't, I don't think that that's. Um, I don't think the Bills are in the market for trading for underperforming players yeah, on other teams. What about what about that pick for Darius? So a six round pick. You just saved four and a half mil this year. I mean, can't you bring somebody? You, know, you think that they're? I, I'm not the pro scouting department. You know what I mean? So um, I don't know who the hell's out there. But I, I would be really curious to know. Because you got a guy yeah. like Navarro Bowman coming in the league and like what eleven tackles on three days of practice. I mean, come on, man. There's well, that's, gotta, just, that's just collusion. Yeah, you know, I mean, man. yeah. I mean, that's 
that that whole situation was bizarre. What do you mean? Basically, he knew he was signing in Oakland. Basically, went to the front office and said, "I'm not going to play for you guys anymore. You have your young yeah. upstart linebacker behind me." They they obliged because he was their longtime Kyle Williams, and you know the next thing you know, he's playing for Oakland and in a situation where he was probably already talking to their coaching staff. If you want my yeah. honest opinion, yeah, he he's he doesn't have to pick up his house and move. He doesn't have to leave his family. He's going across the bay to Oakland. It was it was a pretty sensible idea. I would love to see him come here. I mean, he's an East Coast guy. He played at Penn State. Was a stud at Penn State, but. Yeah, he knew he knew exactly where he was going as soon as he, he knew got there. Yeah, he knew what was going on. He even he knew he basically had a trade with the Saints and Saints are a good football team, especially growing on defense. Yeah. You know, the next thing you know, he said, No, nah, I don't want to go there and basically picked where he wanted to go for free. So good for good on him and you know, good luck to him in Oakland and just not this week. But um, you know, it's a, it's a situation, Dave, where I, I think you're looking at players who are gonna make your locker room better, who are gonna make your total atmosphere better and I don't know, underperforming guy who kind of got paid a little bit in free agency is going to come in and do that. And you got to be careful with players like that. I mean, that's kind of who you're trading away right now. So um, I do think there's something to guys that got cut for no reason, like a Deontay Thompson. No way he's not their best top three receivers on one, on that Chicago team. So, um, you know, it's just you're looking for guys that were given the raw deal rather than guys who aren't performing. I just want guys yeah. on the Bills who are team players because they're showing that if they just stay – you know, that that they're bonding. And, you know, my biggest reason I love Rex Ryan is I couldn't wait to see the free agents that come because the Buffalo Bills needed Rex Ryan to come here to get more publicity. Okay, it worked. All right, and now you got sure. McDermott here, and now I can't wait for this team to come together. Not to be a little positive here, but it will. I can't wait for this team to come together even more because they're pulling each other out of – the trenches or they're improving in the game themselves. Look at Trey White as an example. AJ Green burns him and then he, you know, he has an RA game after. At the same time, yeah, I mean, Evans had a good time on him too for a sec, but then he gets a fumble. You know, and he caused a fumble. And it's like, it's cool watching these players develop and the team gel and everybody helping each other out. And you know, that's something to ride home to in the future in free agency. And it's kind of weird. Like, I can't wait to see the kind of players they bring in for the draft. You know, they, they have so much yeah, equity. It's it's crazy. Like, I'm I'm stoked that, that their record is what it is right now. And they can – look, we've been 4-2 and two before. At the same time, it feels like the ship's kind of together. But, hey, New England has a – dumbass record and and it's like we know that a few of those wins like they do every year we always forget about the early season ones that the refs kind of you know seem to give them or they get the break somehow right so um i mean how are you guys looking for oakland and through the rest of the season and uh i don't know who wants to start nick you want to go here yeah i I, well first off the 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 kind of just finish up on Terrell prior he's if you're looking for character guys, he's the least character guy. He's the guy that couldn't take a one-game suspension at Ohio State, so he went to supplemental draft because he got those free tattoos. Dude's, dude's a scumbag. Let's just throw that one out there. Uh, now, as far as the rest of the season, I mean, it's every game's going to be tough. Um, I mean, the Dolphins look like crap, but they're still somehow, what, 4-3, and three, something like that. Raiders are going to be a tough team. They just beat Kansas City. We have New England twice within, what, what three, four weeks. We have Miami twice within a month. Uh, all divisional games. It's 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 going to be a dogfight the rest of the way, and it's going to as as long as they keep going the way they're going. It, I have faith that they can do it. It's, you flip their record right now; they're eight and four. That's 
two wins away from from playoffs right there. Um, it, the one thing that it, it's kind of weird, and it, it was, I, I don't know if I heard it on the radio or something, it's just or I saw on Twitter. At the end of last season, the Bills were like the dumpster fire of the NFL. Like stuff was getting leaked. Players don't want to do this. They're hearing grumblings everywhere. Now they're probably the most put together team. They're a family. They're getting rid of the bad eggs. It, it's such a strange transition that that's really positive for them. Right credit now. credit that to uh, that guy Kevin that you know um, Derek Boyko over there, and uh, you know the PR department pretty much yeah. right. I mean, yeah, for sure. I mean, Bill's PR department in... treat us like fucking kings. First of all, yeah, like, they did. I mean, like look, so easy look. to work with. Can't think of enough at camp. Yeah, they were great for us. You know, they gave gave shots to medium to lower level bloggers and guys covering the team and really liked the work Eric was doing. And anyways, you know, if you look at it, you know, you, you can't speak enough to like leaks coming out. I mean, that's just unprofessional. I mean, it could have been Rex Ryan. You know, no, no. You know who it was, me. Kevin, not to cut you off. You know who it was? I think it was um, I think it might be that Scott Birchold dude, because like. Um, I think Sale might have. I saw Sale Sports, I believe, Zach Apaggio, loosely. Don't quote me, but I'm going to say it. I thought I saw him post something on Twitter saying, um, like, well, after they pretty much left him out to left Whaley out to dry, if you notice that Scott Burchold, he got moved to another department, not even having to do with the fucking Bills. You know what I'm saying? So, like, they kept him within the company, but after he was moved, there was, like, no leaks. Like nothing, yep. and it was just like a game of patience. Hey, we're just gonna trust the process, and oh, I like these guys. They just take their time. It's like, no, they really don't. Just nothing's just coming their way, man. And and you know what? Being to kind of wrap on, not to add to that fire. It's like I like that they're setting a the precedent. Like, no, we don't fuck around. The Bills don't fuck around. If you come here, you're playing, or you're not. If not, yeah, well, put it out there. Yeah, we can trade you. If that's what you want, that's fine. But it's got to be approved. We're not here to dick around. And we're a team. And and it really is. You can do that at 4-2. and two. You can't do that at 2-4. and four. Because I'll tell you what, McDermott's pressers are going to get real old when you start hearing yeah. about process and jargon, this and that. And I love all these callers. Oh, he's just so great. And I think he is great. He's professional. And I, and I, and I think he's an awesome coach. And he's what you need. And he plays by the book. He And that's what you need sometimes. You need to have that professionalism. And he does deliver it nice. He, what are you doing? Of course he's hanging out with the family on his off time. What do you think he's going to say? Riding go-karts and dirt bikes and... You know, getting drunk with the boys and wrestling on the deck? No. Like, you know what I mean? So so is it almost like you would say the inmate, inmates are not running the asylum right now? Yes. <laughs> I take it, is that too soon? Is that what the silence is too soon for that joke? Oh, wow. That, that, that Texans joke and McNair said something <laughs> racist? Shocker. Like, really, what the fuck is your problem, dude? Like... And it's the guy like flips, <laughs> guy flips off the crowd at a game with the old the old Texan white guy. Yeah. Hey, you know that what? You know who I would love to interview? I honestly never read the article, so I should read it. Didn't Tim Graham do an article with uh, Aaron Maven? And as a guy who myself, I do like artsy kind of stuff. <clears throat> Excuse me. That's a fly in my throat. Took a lot to say that. So, um, you know, I kind of do some artsy stuff. I play some music, and uh, if I'm out to it, I'll draw if I got some time, which. I don't really ever try to, but I would try, you know, like I'd work on mm-hmm. my hands and craft drywall mud. And so like he interviewed Aaron Maven, right? And uh 
after he retired, you know, retired from the NFL. And I would love to talk to him because I think he referenced something about it being like kind of like slavery, like how these guys go up there at the combine and you're all like checked out and it sounds like fucking horses. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's like really check a creepy. Your feet, check your background. Yeah. Your mom's a hooker like Des Bryant. Uh-huh. And it's like, you know, this, this fucking McNair character, he's a piece of shit. And, and it's like, come on, man. Like, football is not the sport to do that. Especially, you know, look at what Jack Kent did as far as racism. And, and, and it's like, you know, keep in mind, Jerry Jones is an oil man. And, and oil pays the bills. All right. So it's like, mm. okay, all right, guys, you did your song and dance. I'm going to kneel with you. Here we go. All right. Let's go, guys. We're a happy family yeah. now, right? It's like bullshit. Fuck you. NFL, you want to do something? Get out in the community yourself with the NFL badge. When when you, when the Ray Rice tape finally comes out, man, next week, damage control, domestic violence is taken care of. But something that might hinder, you know, Play, you know your sponsors so like okay let's just sacrifice people's lives and getting concussions because of your sponsors because you know they can't smoke weed though but uh you know yeah. you've gone down this road they can't a million smoke times weed, but they, you can pump up with opiates and don't get a video of you slapping your wife around yeah yeah we can definitely it's, help it's all, out it's all about yeah yeah exactly we could definitely help out well how about you run a campaign about like hey man let's be nice to each other hey man adults need hugs too hey man Maybe Uncle Jamie, who who has an opiate problem, maybe you should fucking support him and maybe help him out a little bit and not just fucking shame him for being a piece of shit. You know what I mean? Like, it's like, mm -hmm. what the fuck? So anyways, um, yeah, I guess that's pretty much it with the, uh, with the NFL. And I'm just going <laughs> wild here. I mean, Nick, it sounds like you're ready. Oh, man. I go, the biggest thing, like, so, yeah, I mean, Bobby is a piece of shit. That's it. But, like, there's a figure of speech. That's like I can't get that people are like I'm gonna quit my job as a multi-million dollar NFL player over a figure of speech. Was, I remember a few years ago they got mad because somebody said let's just call a spade a spade. And they took it as racist because a spade's a black card in the deck, but that's not anywhere where the figure of speech comes from. Mm -hmm. I, I could go on and then Draymond Green saying it's 2017. I know it's figure of speech. We can't use those figures of speech. I just I saw a Halloween costume of a kid. He went as a millennial. He was wrapped in bubble tape, and it said, I'm fragile everywhere. I was like, that is the perfect costume for millennials. It is, man. It's a little sensitive. And I'm down with some of the progressive stuff, but it's almost more like I'm an Italian man, so I was raised with, like, the, the Dago values here, which is, like, open up the door for grandma, kiss her on the yeah, cheek exactly. at least. And it's like, you know, if you do some research into marketing, I go on these rabbit holes of podcasts, and it's like relationship marketing. It's like, well, what's relationship marketing? Oh, I'm going to go knock on someone's door and tell them what I'm going to do, what my service is, and before I do it. And it's like, wait, you have to teach that? Wait, what do you guys do? Just knock on the door and be like, here, I'm, I'm here to vacuum out your money. Give me your fucking dough. And it's like, what? Like, if you didn't walk into your friend's house and say hi to their parents growing up, you're a piece of shit. You know what I mean? Like, that was yeah. the values I was raised yeah. on. So, like, if I'm going to step yeah. into someone's house, I'm going to greet them, let them know that I'm an idiot with my dog tattooed on my hand. Here I am to help you. Like, <laughs> this is what I'm going to do in your house. Speak yeah, out. Yeah. You say hello to the mother. You thank them for everything. Even if they if they sat there and talked shit about you the whole time, you thank them for taking you in their home. And, uh, but it, Don't be shy with the ass cookies. We got, all right. Dude, we got 
the, the cookies, Italian cookies are freaking best. Kevin, are you hey, Italian? We, we have Kevin here. We can't keep going off on Italian tangents. Wait, no. <laughs> you know, it's funny. I'm, I'm 100% Italian. So are you wrong? Oh, he gets it. He gets it. Oh, yeah. we got a party. A lot of people give me... A lot of people give me a hard eye on my last name and call it Masari, but I'm not Polish. Yeah, I'm I'm a hundred percent Italian, so um yeah, it's pronounced Masari. So I'm you know, I'm I'm I get it. I'm, I'm now, following now, you guys. Kevin, even though Nick acts more Italian than us, you realize he's the least amount, right? <laughs> well probably true. He can't be more. He could be the same. I know he's, yeah. he's he isn't. I already know these deets. Uh, my uh, my last name's Greek, my grandmother's uh Slovak. My grandfather, we think is Italian. We don't know. He was adopted into a Greek family. So no, my mom is off. The, my mom's off the boat. So you're Mediterranean. Oh, okay. Well, you got a lot of the same similar type of. Stuff Wait, your there, mom though. is from Italy. Yeah. She is. Yeah, she came over when she was like three. My uncle was like eight. Really, my mom came over when she was eighteen. I feel like we. I feel like the, if we go back in the archives, we talked about this. Oh, there you go. We gotta keep talking about this sometimes. <laughs> you guys want to? I, I used to make ravioli with my mom when I was a kid. I mean, if you guys ever want to get up and uh, come over, hey, guess what? Kevin is actually moving to Brockport, Nick. He's building a house in Brockport. Why? That's <laughs> 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 <Ask> my wife. <laughs> <laughs> they really like that. <laughs> hey, I grew up there, man. But I, I'm full. I'm full East Side, East Side snob over here now. I'm in. I'm in Penfield Webster, where life is worth. Living. Yeah, where life is yeah. worth living. And you want to fucking know something, Nick? Fuck the West Side, dude. I am so over now. Now, Kevin. Oh, actually, you know, you should know. I'm a. I'm a. I grew up in, born and raised in Chile, so. Um, yeah, yeah, I'm a Gates brother, and I tell you what, I so I live in Petfield, but they smell it on me. They they're like, just there's something off about this guy. He's got too much hair. He's got a little West Side stink on him. They they smell it on me over here, dude. No joke, no joke. Like when I get prices, so anybody who listens to this who's fucking met me on the job, go fuck yourself. So um. <laughs> <laughs> like, dude, I literally just throw shit at the wall for prices because I have no problem going like, yeah, I don't want to do it. Like, I have somebody give me an estimate and it's like their house smells like fucking cat piss. It's like, no, <laughs> like, I'm not doing it. Like, like, it's like, I don't care how broke you are or if your husband ran off with the cash. Call somebody is else. I'm not here. I have, two, I have two cats, man. Is that, a, is that a cat test? Kevin, are your cats, when I come do the remodeling in your basement, well, remodeling, new build in your basement when your house is built, are your cats going to go down? Do you going to just let them fucking run free and become a cat lady within, like, a month of your house being built? <laughs> and then I'm going to go in there and fucking work on shit? Or, like... Nah, they're going to be, they're going to be, their asses are going to be locked up. No. Did you have, like, water coming in on some rotted drywall with your kids just sitting around playing video games, or... <laughs> like and flies coming out. Oh I my god! I can't get I any help from these guys, and I it's like, don't. uh, dude, it's <laughs> awkward. And it's like sometimes I'll throw a price up there, and they say yes, and I'm like, I don't want to fucking do this. Like, yeah, I, like I'd rather just do well, nothing. Hey, what What are you gonna do, man? I mean, 
can't hate on the west side too much get, i will get a I, bunch of land for your money that's all i that's all i'm after oh my god you, when i pay for my house i would get a mansion over there exactly that's the one thing i tell i tell my wife all the time but she's a fair pork girl and she won't let me leave dude that's what, that's why didn't you move even, dude, in buffalo's even worse i live in buffalo now and it's like our market's just like literally i'm talking about even on the it's comparable probably to the east side anywhere in buffalo it's ridiculous mm. it's ridiculous and that and houses are right on top of each other in Buffalo. Everywhere I go, dude, no land, right on top of each other. And they're they're selling for thirty percent, forty percent over what they're even worth, or more. So you know, selling here and moving there actually made a lot of money. So can't can't complain too much. I'll tell able you, able to yeah. build on the west side, man. I mean, it's just I want to be yeah. able to build on the east side. So the house, the, the housing market's crazy though right now. It's ridiculous. I mean, you can build a new home for what you can buy a, a piss beater for. Well, I um, I've had my kitchen apart. It'll literally be like three years this fall, like of like no normal kitchen, and it's like all of a sudden now the rustic style is in. I go to like Radio Social and these places where they have like wooden countertops. I'm like, oh my god, I'm gonna save like thousands of dollars on my countertops now because that's how <laughs> much the times have changed. And then like the house next door to me sold for like one twenty six, and I got my house with like ninety two. And it's like, yeah, dude, you know, I, I, I had like, yeah. the, I had like the shell. I put a bunch of money into it, but it's like, at least you had the space. So you can kind of like fly under the radar for permits a little bit here and there. You know what I'm saying? Just pay for it on the back when you sell the house. So it's kind of like interesting that like the houses have already gone up and I like look at the setups and I'm like, holy fuck. Here I am hating my life and thinking my house is the biggest pile of shit, which it is. But I, I was just thinking like, wow, that's not too far off. And it sold for more money. Like you gotta be fucking kidding me! Like so, yeah, it's, dude, it's a good market, yeah. man. Everyone wants to move. Hey, part of the full make a full circle part of the reason. You got Pagula in here investing billions in downtown Buffalo. Um, I mean, you, you got a lot of stuff going on, and you know, people want to be a part of being in Western New York. I mean, it's a great place to live. Got a good good cost of living. I mean, you got a lot of good a lot of good things there. You got pro sports. I mean, you can't complain too much about you know what you're getting for your money when you're looking at shitholes in San Francisco selling for 1.5 million. Yeah. So. What do you guys think? Again, what do you guys think about Oakland, Nick? What do you got coming up at the tailgate? And Kevin, are you going to the game? Uh, tailgate, we are probably gonna have a shit ton of tents up because uh, it's supposed to rain. Um, we're trying. We're hoping for Rachel Bush again to come up to do mustard for uh, the catch-up ceremony. And now, remind uh, the folks at home who that is. Rachel Bush is Jordan Poyer's. Uh, top 30 instagram model fiance and baby mama um real cool check uh she scored muster for us before uh she was supposed to come up but uh, we're kind of hitting some snags so follow us on pinto pinto tailgate uh we're still having things trying to get just another mustard girl up there uh ketchup guys are pretty full last week was pretty cool we had the head of bills backers italy come up apparently there's there's like 13 people in italy that like to build and he's the head of it real cool guy um this week we have a long time friend coming up to do ketchup tobin real great dude loves the ketchup ceremony he's been with us for like 10 15 years so happy to get him up there um and of course i mean my wife will be up there my buddy's wife's their top 20 instagram models um <laughs> But yeah, I mean, same. Nick, do you really think they're gonna listen to a bunch of Dagos talking right now, or no? (laughs) Two Dagos and a wannabe. Two two and a half Dagos. We're like a Charlie Sheen TV show here. (laughs) 
That's funny. No, I mean, yeah, for me, I've gone to three straight, so I'll be be sitting this one out. Um, so I won't be won't be attending this week. But um, hey, it's gonna be a good game, dude. Dude, I don't know. Just gonna sit this one out. I'm gonna actually Please? take a look at a more more like trying to watch a little bit more scheme this week. So I need to put in one of those weeks. Um, as you can't really tell what's going on in, in the game, and I need to watch different angles if I can. Hey, so, do you want to go? Yeah, do you, you guys got... want a good argument? Sure. What's um, your not a good argument, but a good conversation. Sure. Ask Eric, uh, Eli Manning or Peyton Manning. Just ask him. Hmm. And then, I'd rather not. And then <laughs> ask him the clutch rating on NBA Jam and how that's a factor for Eli Manning. All right. Well, I'll give him a shot. I'm sure he'll yell at me. But Why? Don't be don't scared. Know. Don't be scared. Don't be scared. It's okay. Is he picking Eli over Peyton? Because that's just nuts. You know, it's a long story. I think I think it, it was, the only it place was, uh, that Eli wins is in partying. Well, the reason I miss you, Nick, at your last tailgate is Eric was at the tailgate and and tailgating with his friend, his best friend, and um, really cool dude. I believe I was on a podcast with him one time before, and him and I like hit off pretty good. And he and he's got like I think I got like a jewelry pawn shop kind of thing. So of course my kind of dude. <laughs> like all right, yeah, sick. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like ah, and, and like I got something to tell me like how him and Eric. What I just snorted. How like him and Eric would uh like they they would get in arguments over Eli and Peyton, and, and Eric would be like, look, two championships, man. Eli Eli won those games for him, and I kind of can't disagree. Eli really is clutch, and it's like. I mean, but Eli's fucking horrible, but I was kind of just, like, just egging it on. And then they, like, stopped talking to each other for a minute, and it was great. (laughs) So I had a good time, man. I had a great time. But, Nick, I didn't see you at the tailgate. But, I mean, honestly, it was, like, a really interesting conversation because I'm of the mind that the quarterback is honestly, obviously, a thing for the media to talk about. Yes, is it very important? Yeah, sure. I mean, yeah, definitely. Like, duh. You need one, but, I mean, we've seen guys with not the best arms adjust and read defenses, and you know what I mean? Yeah. Look at Peyton, Peyton Mangs, his the Super Bowl with the Broncos that he won. Right. I mean, he couldn't do anything. He, I mean, he was a shell of himself with an injury. That's, but, why, that's, why, I, that's why I hate the, the hating on Tyrod argument. It's just, it just blows my mind. The people just, it's the... Yeah, I had to tweeted something that was like, yeah, everyone still can't give him credit, and Everyone's like, well, just because he's the best quarterback we've had doesn't mean I have to like him, blah, blah, blah. Like, you know, just because he's 12th overall in a lot of stats or different analytical um, breakdowns, like, oh, they lie. They don't like, I, I just don't like when people use like things like the it factor. Like that's just made up. Like that's it's just it's like Skip Bayless has ruined people's thinking of quarterbacks. You know what I mean? Like it's like I when people say this, it's like I feel like Skip Bayless is talking to me. Who has no clue about anything? Well, guys, let's be real here. I mean, it's a position that we talked about at nauseum, but I mean, it, it really pays the bills, and it's very easy to talk about. And the thing that kills me is people don't—they just like to throw off these loose bullshit terms. Well, you know what they say at the quarterback league. Well, you know what they say when you say you know what they say, which is like I've reevaluated. You know what they say, and it's like, man, who came up with this shit? And you trace it back, and it's a bunch of bullshitters. Because they have yeah. a you-know-what-you-say-for-any-situation, you fucking want to make it to manipulate it to whatever the fuck you want it to be. And I'm sick of this whole shit because 
Yeah, we all think Trent Dilfer, but like Russell Wilson wasn't the best quarterback in the league when he won recently. Johnson with Tampa Bay was not a, a, a super good quarterback. It, it's yeah. these guys don't fuck up. And if you're following the Andy Reid model, Tyrod Taylor is here to stay for a couple more years. He's oh, not yeah. fucking it up. Well, at least one. I mean, hey, you got one more year of Ty- Tyrod Taylor for sure. Um, he's going to count against eight million against the cap anyway. So why, why would you cut him? Um, you can save another eight million to ten million by cutting him. So realistically, you're paying fifty percent of next year's salary for him. So you might as well have him as a QB one while your new guy's developing. So exactly. I don't really, I don't really very similar to what's going on in Kansas City right now. And you got to remember, McDermott's a Reed guy. He's going to follow that exact model where they're going to draft the first or second round quarterback, presumably a first, um, with one of their first two picks, and they're going to let him go under Tyrod for a year. Definitely a year past that. I can't really say. Um, I guess. Tyrod could fall off a cliff or get badly hurt, but you know, outside of that, you're gonna you're already paying him fifty percent of his salary next year, anyways, if you cut him. So, you know, the way the contract is structured, he's gonna get his two years thirty million. So you might as well, um, you know, have him on your roster next year. Keep him, keep him, even if you keep him as a QB two for that, if he has if he tanks the rest of the year, you have a, a starter that you keep as your backup there. There's no way you get rid of him next year. The, no, the hope the hope is so. he leads he leads Buffalo to the playoffs this year. He does the same thing next year. And then he gets incredibly overpaid somewhere else, and we have our rookie coming in. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, there's there's opportunities for many things that could happen, and I just I would I the way his contract is, a lot of people say it's a one year prove it deal. No, that's what he was kind of on last year. He's kind of on a two year deal right now. You can cut anybody if you want, but he's but in theory he's on a two year deal. So he's on a two year thirty million dollar deal. I just you could save a couple of shekels by by cutting him. I just unless they're really making moves elsewhere and really need the money. I don't think you cut him um, yeah. in, in most situations here he, unless there's a reason. He's pretty much arm around Bob McNair picture getting leaked to the media, get it the only way he's getting cut. Yeah, I, I just don't see it. I mean, it, yeah. would, it would take a catastrophic change in play to me, like one where he's just not even himself um, for over the last you know 10 games for anything to happen there. But I, you got him on the roster. You got him locked up long-term, or at least – Hey, he's throwing. He's he's doing. He he's throwing the ball over the middle. You know what I mean. He's improving as a quarterback, and 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 it's like, you know, man, buckets right now, dude. Dude, his his. I'm telling you, situationally, the Bills had me fucking pull my hair out, and I'm sorry to the Twitter followers. I was just negative, and I get on people just for being negative, but I, I get my hater rate on sometimes because I was about to blow my brains out in the second quarter. I'm like, what the fuck is going on here? And, you know, I got to say, though, the offense looked like our typical inconsistent offense from last year where, man, how did we get 30 points? Ah, who fucking cares? We did it, though. Yay, me and Gerard. In that second quarter, you know? the second quarter they, that they were a dumpster fire. They couldn't get players on the field. And it, I didn't even notice it was because Eric Wood lost his shoe, so they were arguing for really? 15 seconds of it. Yeah, yeah. if you watch the, the mic'd up thing. They're sitting at the McCoy. He's sitting there arguing. He's like, why, wait, why does he have to go off the field for missing equipment? Or why don't we get a timeout for it? Like when he loses his helmet, he lost his shoe. It's part of his equipment. They for 15 minutes, and they can't get a guy in. They had to take a timeout. Everybody booed. And uh, there was a guy like two rows behind me that was oh. just like mother effing Tyrod. And I was like, well, what are you doing? There's That's all coaching. For Peter in, the, in the first quarter. Anyways, did, I mean, you, yeah, did I mean, you see Tyrod get picked up really quick by somebody? Like after he went down, he got picked up really quick and took a second to shake out. Like, yeah, dude, you're not going out. <laughs> you're yeah. playing concussed, buddy. Let's go. 
Yeah, I mean, absolutely. Look, he's he's a top fifteen quarterback right now. That's what he plays like. If you want to if you want to trade away or get rid of a top fifteen quarterback for another lottery ticket, another try at the dance, try to get the top five, top seven player, have at it. You know, but realistically, that's what got you in the drought in the first place. Exactly. Um, I don't you know, trust you, the people who are going to make these fucking picks. Frankly, like let's be real, I, mean, I don't it's tough, trust it's them. Tough to trust any of them because then they're gone in three years if they make the wrong pick. They don't have any accountability. Three, three, you're gonna they're gonna make two more years of picks. Yeah. And actually, you know, guys, we got a clean house, and and I'm telling you. Beans fucking balls are going to be stapled to the wall pretty hard if this team does not make the playoffs and you don't have and I know it's not on him but when you're just giving away pieces mm, I don't know yeah I mean you're basically saying they don't fit your culture so at that point if you're trading away players you know you better be drafting players that do fit your culture and you better be damn good at it because you know you're trading away players for 10, 10 draft picks um so you know you know right there you better you better make sure you're hitting on five six seven of them you know five call it five to be safe yeah. and if, if you're not you, you can't you can't go with whaley because at least whaley would back it up with talented trades or talented uh free agents but at this point if you're missing on draft picks it's going to be a long drought for us um you know this this year might be the best year they have because next year they're losing a couple more players so um, you know, you're looking at $42 million in cap space next year. You need to do something with it. And even a more eye-opening number than that is $90 million they have in 2019. $90 million. What are you going to do with that? Um, they've really cleared off a lot of cap space. A lot of dead money falls off. And you have $42 million with Tyrod counting for 18 of it next year. So, um, you know, that's saying he's going to be on. That's why I'm also saying wow. he's going to be on your roster. Yeah. Because you're not going to try to save another eight nickel and dime and save another eight. I guess you could bring you up to 50 then what are you going to do i mean what are you, what are you going to do with it you're not going to go out and sign a 40 million dollar defensive lineman i mean what are you going to do so i think um, they i think they can't get, get rid of cordy glenn guys you know further furthering your cap space i mean i, I just yeah. i don't i don't know i don't know yeah you know you got you gotta, you gotta imagine that they're at least going to kick the tires to try and re-sign george matthews try and re-sign ej Gaines. that's two of their guys two starters that guys that are their contracts are up after this year you gotta think they're gonna be trying to resign those two, so you got that money going towards next year as well. At least one. You gotta think one of the two is gonna resign. Hopefully. Yeah, I mean, you also have Preston Brown. You're gonna resign most yeah. likely. You have a couple. You have a couple of pieces there. That yeah, Preston got. Brown is one right now. I want to call it. I want to say. I said it during the middle of the game to myself, like Preston Brown is a guy you gotta. You gotta. That's the one that you kind of like. Like how they snuck off Eric Wood in the middle of the season. They did Fitzpatrick middle of the season. Like, fucking extend Preston Brown now, man. Get this. You know what I yeah. mean? And maybe even after this game, extend him now. You know what I mean? Like, come on, dude. The guy deserves it. I've been a huge Preston Brown fan since day one. When you talk about a kid who grew up watching film with his dad, I mean. That's how I know I, I I didn't play guitar until I was older, but it's like watching my father, I kind of pick things up. You know, it's like, you know, that kid eats and sleeps and breathes football. And when it's in the bloodline, there's really something to that because you pick up the same practice habits, like like literally imprinted from your father's DNA. And it's like, I don't know, I, I like the coach's son type player. And no matter what the he's, defense, he's the dude is salvageable, no matter what. And he's been yeah. good. Like very good. Yeah, yeah. Imagine he's gonna cut more weight next year too, knowing how his defense is now, and hopefully he'll be faster. He's even cut uh, weight from like last year, dude. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I'm saying hopefully cut more. Um, I mean, our def- our linebackers are really good right now, but they're still kind of slow, still kind of getting torched by tight ends. And I mean, that's kind of the one weak spot of our defense. But I, I agree. I would lock him up. 
lock him up yeah, and I mean, try and you're, you're looking at a core with Milano that's definitely their long-term guy um, really good draft pick in the fifth round um, you know you have Vallejo a backup linebacker that you're going to develop you know you're going to sign Preston Brown pretty confident of that as um, you know I really do think they're working on something um, to, to resign him so I mean you're, you're looking at a couple of, you know longer younger to middle middle tier linebackers that are going to help you out you're going to you're going to put someone else there too there's no way they don't address another linebacker this year um, with their money slash draft pick. So yeah. you, know, you can pretty much count on linebacker being a spot. And I don't think you're going to throw big money at it. So you're going to, you're going to pick your, another one of your guys and kind of fill that position group out. I think if you throw money at someone, it's going to be uh, kind of your preferred cornerback in my opinion. So, and if it's EJ Gaines, it's EJ Gaines, but you're going to throw your money at someone to supplement with Trey white in the, in the off season. So we'll see what develops there. You've already got your two safeties locked up relatively longer term. So, you know, that's, that's the move you make as a cornerback there. And you're honestly going to need two defensive tackles though. I mean, you're, you're talking about Kyle Williams last year. So yeah, he's, but he'll be done. And, but they got Thornton, uh, what is worthy deal up after this year too? Yes. Is he? All right. So you got worthy and Thornton's deal yeah. are both one more year remaining. Um, so you're pretty, you're pretty thin on the D line. I mean, you have two starting defensive ends and then you're, you're kind of weak there. So, um, you're going to, you're going to have to make changes there and potentially bring in a free agent, pay a little money there. So, you know, you, you got your defense roaring, you have a lot of money. Um, you know, you, you have $42 million rolling over 13 this year before you're even talking about cutting additional players uh, who, you know, might be, you know, thinking about getting cut there. I mean, you got Cordy Glenn who you can move if hopefully you keep him. I mean, you got, you got a couple of players there that are always kind of, um, at risk of getting caught. So the team's getting lean now, so we'll see what happens. Guys, I think that if, uh, to wrap this conversation up, if this team makes a playoffs with Sean McDermott, is just, I'm just envisioning Sean McDermott as Tony Montana in the fucking bathtub with the cigar, the honeys, or whatever he's into. And, dude, he can he and, can have me as one of those honeys if he makes a yeah, playoff. Yeah, seriously, I will put on a thong. Dude. I'll do anything Any, he wants. Anything, dude. I will rub your feet, whatever you need. And I'm not even and I'm not a feet guy. Dude, but like Sean, Jason, let me says, tell you, we don't mind sucking on toes. Sean, you look a little more stressed the fuck out. Okay, we see you got the salt and pepper coming in your beer like I do too. All right, you're balding. We get it. You're stressed. I got the weed. I don't think they drug test. I'm here. Yeah, they they got drug test the coach. Yeah, okay. man, come on, dude. Like, I'll just I'll be there. Tell him bald is beautiful. Like Phil Jackson okay. did acid for like thirty days straight or some shit. <laughs> like the then, peyote. Yeah, yeah. And then what do you know? Motherfucker wins championship. Sean boy, chill out. But I'm telling you, man, if this team makes it to the playoffs, you're one with this fucking dude. Andy going to the draft with the equity that they have. Holy shit. Like, I am getting excited right now, but they're still only four and two. If he, if he makes the playoffs this year, he has at least, at least eight years. Like you could just, they're going to, you could go playoffs first year and he'll be a hero here for the next I, eight I years. think you got to ride. Never, he'll never pay for a drink here. You got to ride coaches out, man. Like, seriously, like, how dare they fire Tom Coughlin in Giants land? Like, seriously, that, like, that was stupid. That was stupid. They he, he was about to get fired right before his first Super Bowl. Still, man, I think the media fucking gets calmed down with Coughlin in there. Like, Coughlin yeah. calms a lot of fires that we don't see, and then you see these other guys come under fire, and it's like, oh, man. You know, like, oh, they're so brutal. Like, we think they're bad on Buffalo. 
But it's yeah. like they set the example. And then these little Buffalo roster guys come in. They're like, oh, let's go get Whaley. It's like, guys, go get a life, man. Try some Tetris or something. Oh, man. Mr. Excitement, Matthew Fairburn, or uh, Mr. Boston, Matt, or uh, Mike Rodak. Oh, yeah. They they hit the hard-hitting questions. So what do you got, Kevin, coming up? And do you want to tell us where we can find you? We can wrap this shit up for you guys. Yeah, sure, man. You, I got a couple of big live shows coming up. Got one Sunday night reaction show, Tuesday live. What time is your Sunday night reaction show? Because I always want to catch it, and I'm usually listening to Nate Geary at the show open Bulldog <laughs> on the ride home. Usually, Yeah, our shows are usually 7.30, um, so we'll go live like right as close to the end of the 4 p.m. games. Um, kind of talk about the day, anything wrapping up, kind of reaction from the game, press conference stuff. Leading us into Tuesday, which will do a live show, this trade deadline special, hopefully talking about a couple things. If not, uh, just a normal show um, right into, you know, the game on Thursday. So uh, so generally I'm working on, you can always find analytical pieces, cover one. Um, you know, I'm mostly in charge of lockdown bills. So as always, you can find me at Kevin Masseri. Awesome. Uh, Nick, how about you, man? Yeah, you can find me uh, at Pinto Tailgate. Uh, if everybody could actually head over there, we're trying to raise $1,000 to get Jonah Javad to get squirted with ketchup in a full suit. Uh, Jonah Javad from Channel in Buffalo. <laughs> I don't have Buffalo TV, so I, don't, I can't remember which one he's on. Uh, he's a local sports figure. You see him on TV. Really trying to get him to come up. Uh, the money that we're, don- or that we're raising for him to come is not going to him. We're going to donate that to... Uh, whatever charity, 26 shirts, which uh, Del Reed, everybody knows, Mr. Deadly, um, whatever charity he has or that he's collecting money for, we're going to donate that thousand to them. Um, so check us out there. You can always check me out at NickPap12. Um, I'm sorry if I pissed everybody off on my Twitter. Or, you know, I seem to turn into public enemy number one in every, every now and yeah, then. I, saw, I, saw, I thought I saw you with that one guy. Phil, uh, thirsty uh, Phil, who hit on Dan or hit on Penelon's daughter, got turned down. All of a sudden, he's talking about butt stuff with her. Fucking oh stupid. yeah, maybe it was that guy. He's he's a dirtwit. I've known the guy for like five years too, and like never he sees me in person, no problem. On Twitter, he's a super tough guy, but I'm used to it. On Twitter, I'm the same size as everybody else. In real life, I'm two forty five, and I played college football, so. I understand that people don't want to talk tough to me in person, but right, that's neither here nor there. Yeah, but. I got you. I know how that goes, dude. I know how happens to me all the time. <laughs> I understand. Okay, so but. we figured out who Joe Pesci is. Um, okay, <laughs> I thought I was fucking Joe Pesci, but all right, I guess we're gonna Pesci. I'll Pesci me. Well, I've been called Joe Pesci since I was like thirteen. Oh, Jesus fucking Christ. <laughs> Dad, yeah, I mean, I got, I got to hit up one of your tailgates. I've been trying to. You guys just freaking sell up at like 8 p.m. or 7 p.m. I'm just not even awake yet. Uh, so, yeah, if you if you ever get there early, park ECC is a good lot, or uh, I forget the road right behind us, but or even right next to us, the chiropractor's office. He's never sold out. He's actually really calming, really super cool guy. So you can park right up to us, and we've had people roll in it like. Like Sammy, our, our friend who has Down syndrome with us, the mustard, his, him and his parents came at like 10 o'clock last weekend, and they parked right almost next to the tailgate because they were in the, the lot right next to us. Um, I mean, I love Hammer. I love pushing Hammer business, but he, when he's filled up, 
But you guys saw it anyways. Open. Yeah, you yeah. guys saw it anyways. You don't, unless it's like a late seat, like you guys always saw it. So yeah, he got, he cool. has the business. Yeah. So right next door, the, the chiropractor, they call it the dock lot. That's always open. If you're going to get there a little late, I shouldn't say always open, but it's usually open if you get there a little late. So you can always park there. And I think it's the same price. Yeah. I mean, what, 25, what is it? 20, the 30, I think they're both, everybody went up to this year. The, the, yeah, I think, yeah, for me, I get there like 9.15, 9.30. So it's not like late, late, but like at the same time, like I'm, I'm getting up at like 8, 8.15. So you guys yeah. are already roaring. So Yeah, dude, I'm usually there at like freaking 10-ish. And then oh, it's so like people get, than me. yeah, Jeez. people get talking then before I know. I'm like, fuck, I got to head up to the Red Pinto. And I'm like, man, I don't know don't, if I should go my that. Here. I get... Every morning, I wake her up at 5 o'clock, and she yells, this is inhumane, until she's on, you know, second part, or start working her way through her second cup of coffee before, you know, I stop getting yelled at for waking her up so early. Yep. No, I know how that goes. <laughs> it is kind of evil, dude, and, like, this weekend, I mean, I'll be honest, dude, it's going to be all wet and shit. I'm probably going to get there, like, try to talk to the crew and get in there at, like, 1130. Like, I really don't give a fuck, and, and I'll tell the <laughs> listeners out there, like, if you have a poncho, wear it. Don't even wait till yeah, that yeah. rain comes in. You will freeze. Yeah, don't be a tough guy. If it's not raining right at 1 o'clock, bring it in. Get the clear bag. Because it, it's like, no, I'm, I'm warm now because you're moving around the tailgate. When you're sitting there, like, dress warm. Totally different problem than the last no. couple of weeks where it's been just, like, oh, so been, hot. Yeah. I'm bringing extra T-shirts because I'm fat and sweating through them. So, I'm, I'm, I, what was it, like, two weeks ago or the not last week the game before that i had three shirts because i kept sweating through them and now I'm, exactly now we're yeah. about to get pissed on right so it's just it's always something man it's always something so that's, that's absolutely we, so it's, yeah thanks for the shout out for anyone once again tailgating you know make sure you check out all those you know cool things going on in your tailgate and um yeah i think that 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 wraps us up dave anything from you no man i'm fucking here chilling and i gotta call uh I gotta call Mike Smith today or tomorrow to do a fantasy football podcast. I don't know if you guys check that out ever, but uh, I have a really good time there because we just talk a bunch of smack. And uh, he always has like these erroneous trade offers or Kareem Hunt, and it's like been like an ongoing storyline. So it's been kind of fun. Um, so uh, yeah, pretty much. Uh, I'm good here. How about you guys? Great, man. All right. Well, um, everybody. Um, that's been it. Now, Bill Sam Podcast number 151. Don't forget, follow Nick Pop um, on Twitter. Where's that? Pinto Tailgate? At Pinto Tailgate. And then what's your personal? At Nick Pap 12, P-A-P. P-A-P. I always put you in here like P-O-P, whatever. Um, <laughs> and then Kevin Masseri is K-E-V-I-N-M-A-S-S-A-R-E. And it's Masseri, not Masari. Okay. Get this I'm Italian, people. not Polish. That's that's the best way to say it. <laughs> I, there's no uh, there's no ski or I or you know, man, this shit is not relevant to me. My mom is off the boat from Italy and I failed <laughs> Italian class. Get <laughs> fucked. <laughs> so yeah. I win, Kevin. Alright. Well, guys, All that's right, it. Fine. I'm your host. I'm third generation, so you definitely win. I'm host not for nothing, Dave. Um Shout out to everybody for listening and subscribing. Tell your friends. And thank you and good night.